If a 10 pound bag of shit could talk, this is what it would sound like. Live from the historic River Market District in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. From the banks of the beautiful crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it is Two Douchebags and Microphone Podcast. Swimming in toxic masculinity and wiping their ass with politically correct wash rags. Two Swimming in toxic masculinity and wiping their three, ass with politically two, correct wash rags. One. Two douchebags in a microphone invade your ear holes in three, two, one. Hello, two douchebags, one microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Christopher. Welcome. Welcome back. Yes. Or at least we hope we're newbies. Hi there. <laughs> we don't bite. We need to uh, get ourselves a little closer to this fire. It's cold in here. Yeah, it is. Uh, we are at Bass Pro Shop in front of the fire. They uh, gave us uh, permission to do our podcast here. Uh, we're going to try to flag people down, but we have had no success the last few uh, outings of getting anyone to talk. Yeah. We had, we had that one lady see. laughing at us at the city market. Yeah. Because um, I was in the middle of fucking bragging about how we don't want sponsors. And <laughs> yeah. We don't need millions of dollars because we'd rather have our freedom. <laughs> and she was just laughing like, fuck you two turd bags. <laughs> you boys ain't very smart, are you? <laughs> you guys you guys know we, we know better, don't you? We go. We know you guys are full of shit. You ain't got no sponsors. <laughs> well, we we like music, um, money, just like the rest of you people. But uh, there's there's limits to what we'll do to get it, and that's there's, right. There's limits to where we're gonna let the influence of money change our lives. That's right. We're not your dancing monkey. <laughs> nope. Well, unless you pay a lot. And of we're money. not Al Michaels, who signed for boatloads of cash and is now <laughs> regretting it. But more on that later. <laughs> They must have driven a dump truck of money up to his house. I, I tuned in. The only reason I turned, tuned in that god-awful game was to hear Al Michaels. Mm. Because you can hear that in his voice, like, third down and five. <laughs> when will this he nightmare well be go. over? Yeah, he might as well go, third down five, whoop the fucking do <laughs> Let's see if any oh, slugs are going to actually got a fucking on a pass down. in the air. Good for you, dumb shit. Oh, look at the ass bag Mayfield. Yeah, I, yeah. I was so surprised that he left Sunday Night Football because Sunday Night Football, they have the flex. Yeah. Anytime they send word to the NFL and go, like the Chiefs Chargers game in two weeks. They're like, you know what, we're not playing the game we're going to. It's like the Steelers and shit, I forgot. It was a good team against the Steelers, and I guess they thought the Steelers were going to be better than what they are this yeah. year. <laughs> and then they got to look at the schedule, and they're like, ah, we're going to go Chiefs and Chargers. Yeah. And so Sunday night football, you're almost guaranteed a good game. Thursday night football is, is a long way from having the stones to be able to flex anything. Yeah, there, there's. <laughs> I, I would say there's no way. No. Because around about the time it comes around Sunday, then all of a sudden you got to change everything around, and you got to change all the practices. And yeah. one team's really going to get the shaft. Whoever the visiting team is, yeah, is really getting screwed. And even the team at home is going to get screwed because you're you're taking three days off of their regimen. Yeah, that's true. So if you already have it on the schedule, you're planned for it. And another thing is, is usually they'll give you the early game Sunday, and then you'll uh, and then you'll have the Thursday night game to give you a little bit of time in between as yeah. much as they can. 
you're not going to get the Sunday night game and then the Thursday game. Yeah, that that's just cruel. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyhow, yeah, we'll get more back to that later. But uh, Christopher had something that was on his mind that he's getting ready mm. to unleash upon us. Yeah, it's uh, uh, noticing a trend. Um, I'm sure this has been, you know, out there and, and noticed before this, but it's really come to my attention. Uh, the more that it's becoming openly said that it, it, it's like racism is only something that white people do, mm-hmm. and people of color are the only ones who are the targets of it. Now, it, it's true that white people can be very racist, and they're probably more racist white people. There are more white people, period, than others, at least in this country at the moment. Um, But white folks have had a long, rich history of racism and prejudice and hatred. Yeah. But to say that they're the only ones doing it or one's capable of doing it, I think is... Well, I think anyone that's going to be intellectually honest knows better. Yeah. Uh, I've seen plenty on the opposite foot, too. Yeah. But I've also seen plenty of white people that hated anyone of color or anything. Yeah, I've and seen I've tons of casual racism on oh, the Oh, the casual racism yeah. is what really gets me. It's because we don't necessarily, we don't necessarily notice it. Yeah. Well, I had a black it friend flies pointed under out the to radar. me. Yeah, yeah, I had a black friend go, well, did you just see what he said? I'm like, what? Well, he just did this. And then he broke it down. He said, no, what he really meant was uh, this. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember, I remember calling somebody on using the term, I Jewed him down on the price. Oh, yeah. And I said, seriously? And he's like, what? It's just an expression. And I said, okay. At the time, I was married to my, my first wife, who was part Jewish. And I said, well, my wife is Jewish, and she would be offended by that. Because mm-hmm. you're perpetuating the stereotype of the money-grubbing Jew. Even Jip. He was, t- Yeah. That refers to uh, gypsy. gypsies, the Romani. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Welching on a bet. Yeah. People from Wales. Yes. Uh-huh. It's... Um, even jerry-rigging. Mm-hmm. A jerry is a derogatory term for a German, right? Yeah. Yeah, and in World War II, is the jerrys and the, or the krauts. Yeah. And the Japanese were nips. Yes. Oh, I remember or that. Japs. And then they even had that on Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. The big pop bottle glasses. Yeah, and all big that. buck teeth. Yeah. yeah. Also, also, and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to believe looking back that all that stuff was yeah. just like there. Mm. So, you know, truly, you know, that, that has been the majority of the... Uh, source of, of racism and prejudice in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, it is still, though, I think, uh, what would be the term, disingenuous, to to try to put forward that the white people are the only. Now, if you want to say white people are the biggest problem, I can go along with that. But to say they're the only, they're the only problem, I think, is you're sweeping a lot of other problems under the rug so you can focus on pointing one finger. Mm-hmm. Now, where I've heard this recently on uh, uh, good old National Public Radio, oh, they had <laughs> a uh, Latina woman speaking about her college experience, and two of the things that she said really struck me. One is there was an exit poll saying, um, who is the person you met 
during your college time who had the most profound impact on your life? And she told the interviewer, that question made me stop and think because clearly that's a question only for the white students. And the the person conducting the interviewer said, yes, yes, of course, I see that. Um, And I thought, wait a minute. I I don't get the correlation at all. Yeah. Are they saying that the only people who are in need or capable of a profound awakening like that or us clo- are us closed-minded white people maybe people of color are already so world aware and well-versed in everything that nobody's capable of having a profound impact on them because they've already i don't know what they were trying to say but they they spun it as when white people go well, to college well you can take that as avert racism I know. Because when you generalize like that, that's uh-huh. what it is. Yeah. Judging that's, all white people as one group. You people Isn't over there <laughs> are all bad. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, sorry, so that's I'm, racism too. See, so. I'm not trying to get outraged about this. I'm I'm curious. I want to know what the no, idea, what the plan the is and what's going on. I don't care enough to go try to change someone's mind. No, no. Hate me all you want. I don't care. Yeah. No big deal. Just stay the fuck away from me if you don't like me. That's fine. <laughs> Actually, my life's better if you don't like me and yeah. stay the fuck away from me. But I would love to get inside that type of a thought because I work with people of all different types of backgrounds and colors, and we all seem to do just fine. Yeah. Nobody... Like looks at anyone differently and goes, oh, I don't know, I'm not going to do that with you because you're mm-hmm. white, or I'm not going to do that with you because you're Latin, or whatever. No. You know? And, I mean, and, actually, if you really want to get down to it, I've said this for a long time. Um, you know, I think a lot of people know my eth- ethnicity is Greek. Mm-hmm. Greek and Spanish are not that far apart. Language looks everything. We're all dark. We all usually have dark hair. None of us are usually that tall. Mm -hmm. And the languages are very similar. We all came from the same origin. So if you want to get down to it, I mean, there's really not that much difference between a lot of people all over the world. Yeah, really. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've had quite a few people, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, that, you know, that Latino over there, uh, who, me? You know, it's during the summertime, (laughs) of course. Because like I said, you know, I'm, you know, summertime, I'm other... Other than that, I'm white. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, I, the thing that pisses me off is this right here. There's not that much difference between all of us. No, there really isn't. No. Well, and here's, the, here's the second thing that, that that woman said on this during this uh, interview story. is She was talking about the, the college's uh, efforts on diversity in various things. And she, then she said, uh, and as we all know... Diversity is something only for white people. White people are the only people that need this diversity exposure and training. And again, the interviewer agreed with her immediately. Well, that's because they they are uh, soft serve there at NPR. Mm, very. It, yeah, uh, I don't respect them as a news agency, and I never have. They're really not. They have an agenda. They always have had an agenda. Their agenda is to appeal to the people who are most likely to donate during their pledge drive. Yep. That's and also, it. I can go a little bit deeper, too. <laughs> Why would they do anything else? <laughs> okay, let's say the Reds and the Blues, since the election's still going on, the fallout, and still trying to figure out certain states. The Reds don't like NPR. The Reds don't want to fund it. The mm-hmm. Blues want to fund it. 
So which side do you think you'd be on? Yeah, no kidding. The people who want to take your money away or the people who want to keep you going? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, And then that brought up you know, immediate questions in my mind. One, does this woman really think that white people are the only ones that segregate themselves? Yeah. There's no such thing as an all-black neighborhood, an all-Hispanic neighborhood, a Chinatown? Does she really think mm-hmm. that... White people are the only ones who prefer to associate, live, work, socialize, etc., with their own kind. Yeah, I uh, yeah, and and then the second thought that immediately popped into my mind is people equate diversity with race only, specifically yes. white versus black. Yes, it's not that diversity means everything. Everything. Social and economic status, gender, uh, sexual orientation, religion, political view, eye color. I mean, everything. It applies eye to color everything. Eye color actually has a big part of doing it with it, too. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and this, yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm just not going to go into it. Okay. Yeah, you know, um, because that's a whole different subject there about how people judge you by your eye color. Mm-hmm. Because I've heard it firsthand, too. Yeah. So... It's like, oh, you have light eyes? Oh, you must be mixed then. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, no, that doesn't mean that. There's all there, but anyhow, you know, let's just skip on. Let's yeah. go on. So, so that that that's so there were two big things during that one radio interview, uh-huh. specifically targeting that number one, diversity is only there to educate white people, mm-hmm. and in fact, that was the phrase that the woman being interviewed said: diversity is there to educate white people. So uh, if that's really all it's for, then then call it something else. Call it white yeah. folk training or something. <laughs> yeah, because it's not diversity. Um, so th- and then the other comment of being that only white people are so close-minded that they need this profound impact by going to college, and then follow that up with something I saw this past weekend. Um, it's been a commercial called Walk a M- where they sing the song Walk a Mile in My Shoes. Mm-hmm. And it shows people of color being spurned by white people. Um, now they've taken it a, a step farther. And the gist of the commercial is um, white people need to learn how to talk to their kids to make them better people. Wow. And the website that they flash at the end of the message is dearwhiteparents.org and it's a resource for white parents to call in to learn how to talk to their white kids to make them not scary to people of color now I'm not Uh. saying I'm not saying that that's not needed but to say that's the only thing needed is wrong there should be a dearblackparents.org there should be a dearasianparents.org there should be a dearlittlepeopleparents.org but there again they're pointing out only white people need this yeah, because we're also, the bad guy i know how i would feel if i <laughs> yeah, i would like wait a minute you think i'm scared of these people because they don't know how to talk to me i'd be like fuck you i don't need that get away from me no what they're saying is Oh, these white parents, you have, you know, kids. Mm-hmm. You need to start teaching them now to love people of color. 
instead of growing up fearing and not understanding and hating them. So they're basically telling white parents, here's how you stop raising your kids to be such racist. 1950s, I could maybe see something like that. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, no. No. I I, I don't think it's valid at all. I don't think this is a problem that needed this solution. I think this is somebody saying, ooh, we've got the the, the juice now that we can do this and yes. shock people. And, yes, yeah. You know, it's it's not really there I'm, to fix I'm sure a they're problem. taking donations It's there to cause an outrage. Yeah. It, it's there to cause upset and talk and... Well, there's a lot blah, blah. of people that are in this country mm-hmm. that don't like this country. And... It could be just simply that. Mm-hmm. Trying to stir up the hatred, trying to stir up, churn more hate, yeah. and trying to get us all to fight. It could be another country it, it, churning it, this up. Who knows? Isn't it funny how you know people come to this country and then want to change it to something other than what they came here for? Yeah. You know, if, if I'm going to go to France, do I want to just suddenly change France to be more like the U.S.? And do you think French people would embrace that and say, no, it's cultural diversity. they don't diversity. like us anyhow. No, <laughs> yeah. no. See, cultural diversity only works in certain directions, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, so so when I saw DearWhiteParents.org, I thought, wow, that's really different. I've never seen anything so blatant before. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a real call-out saying, white folks, you're the problem. Yeah, it, it, is. Re- it really is. It's and if if people want to accept that and say, you know, all well, it is, okay, that's your opinion. Yeah, um, you better be right though, because otherwise you're letting a lot of other people off the hook. I, if it really is all just the white people's problem, then okay, but you better be right. I think that the people that did this don't actually feel that way. No, I think that they did it for ulterior motives. And mm-hmm. I think that we probably will find out, or it's just going to fade away, and it's yeah. just not going to gather any steam at all. Yeah. So I think something like this is um, the prelude for something else. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Any, anyhow, I mean, like I said, man, we're all too closely related, and even our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper, it's strange insults from an alien, real hilarity. May. Your five-year-old neighbor have all their violin lessons during all of your hangovers. of white and the darkest of dark we're a lot hell of a lot we're, closer related than anyone ever thinks yeah I I tend to look at if you're a human being then you're in this big category with me and everybody else exactly and that's as far as I separate it yeah 
you know, and then non-human, you know, is a step down. You mm-hmm. know, gorillas, chimpanzees, koala bears, or a step up, possums, depending on how whatever. you feel about people. You know, as far as you know, rights no, and know respect, you and you yeah. know, that kind of things. You know, human beings are at a different level from the rest of the living things on this planet. Yeah, basically because we run the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, we we took charge. We're in control. Human beings run this planet to a large degree. So we've changed the rules to make them suit us. Yeah. And I think that's only natural. So I go along with that. I mean, if you're a human yeah, being, me too. then, you know, hey, yeah, you know, we're equal. We get the same rights. We get, you know, we get to share this earth, blah, blah. If you're a shark, then mm, stay away or I'm going to try to kill you. Yeah. If you're a wasp, I'm going to hunt you down to kill you. Yeah. But if you're a human being, hey, do your thing. Speaking of wasp, I have a report later. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to hear about wasp. Yeah. It's a great concert. So, but anyway, um, so as I said, I'm not trying to cause, you know, I'm not angry about things. I'm yeah. not, you know, outraged. This just, is it really as simple as just the white people? All we have to do is fix the white people and everything's better? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Because there's a whole buttload of strife going over on in, in, in a bunch of different African countries, mm-hmm. Middle Eastern countries, and there ain't many white people there. And yeah. they certainly aren't in control. Yeah. So if it's the white people doing all the shit work, I, w- I would be willing to bet that this website is a disguise or a ruse for something else. Yeah, yeah. You know, and probably the people who click and log in or whatever will start getting all sorts of solicitations for uh, fundraising and yes. political donations to the Democratic Party, and the, people the ACLU, are, yeah. the Southern Poverty Law Center, the NAACP, all of the group of of charitable organizations that people throw money at so mm-hmm. they don't have to think about what a horrible person they are. Yeah. It's like, well, if I give a million dollars to the United Negro College Fund, then that's okay that I'm a shitty person and, and I spend all that. I was getting ready to say, uh-huh. the guy that just fucked everybody out of their investments might give some money there to feel a little bit better about life. Yeah, check yeah. with charity. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways. Yeah. So, so that was dearwhitepeople.org. <laughs> dearwhiteparents.org. That's what we're here to do. Call out stuff that we yep. find stupid. Or so. interesting or bizarre or yeah. why the hell was that going well, on? Yeah, well, yeah, that's more of a better way of putting it. Yeah. So. Well, you know, um, earlier in our podcast we had episodes called I Call Bullshit. Mm. We had like maybe two or three of them. Excuse and me. it's stuff that we think is obvious bullshit and we don't believe as soon as we saw it or read it or whatever. Yeah. Well, I have an I call bullshit. There has never been a more obvious lie like uh, in a while like this. McDonald's has a new McRib run and the ad claims that uh, you need to get one before they're gone forever. So, the McRib farewell tour will end up like all the rock bands that were supposedly going to hang it up, but right after the one last run. (laughs) Some genius down at McCorporate looked at all the fucking bands that capitalized on this complete lie. My prediction is in a year or two, they're going to start with online petition. Yeah. And then uh, the online petition will lead to a groundswell. Mm-hmm. Where people be like doing shit, TikTok shit. Yeah. I want my McRib. Uh-huh. Bring me back my McRib because the American public is such rubes that this is an obvious lie. It's a ploy. It's bullshit. 
Uh, McRib has been a staple that they've been bringing, they've been teasing people with for a mm-hmm. long time. Decades. Yeah, it's like, yeah. get the McRib, it's going to be gone again. Mm-hmm. Only this time they're going, it's gone forever. Yeah, because the, they've taken a cue for all those rock bands who do yeah. nine farewell tours one yeah. after the other and uh, people buy every single one of them. Yeah, let, let's see. <laughs> who's done this? Like uh, Kiss, The Stones, Fleetwood Mac, Motley Crue, mm-hmm. Ozzy. Mm-hmm. The Who, mm-hmm. Eagles, been, the B, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of these bands said they were going to quit. Yeah. <laughs> Last tour, everybody ran out. Record, record sale. You know, yep. record sales on these tours. Better get this all the merchandise because it's all going to yeah. be super valuable and then until sudden, the next farewell tour yeah. comes around. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like, well, what? You said you weren't going to tour again. Well, there was such a groundswell that people really wanted to see us. We really felt the need to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted to make our fans happy. And keep in mind, when they say farewell, never again, this is it, none of that's legally binding. No. The They're only farewell free tour to change I believe... their minds at any time. Oh, yeah. That, well, <laughs> Motley Crue had that contract that they signed. Yeah, which was a worthless piece of paper signed between themselves. It's yeah, like yeah. If you and I scribbled out the... <laughs> well, here's the funny thing is, Mick Mars is quitting touring. <laughs> he is. And John Five is going to tour with them. Mm-hmm. So, isn't that breaking the contract right there? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because if all four <laughs> of them didn't sign contract. it, they couldn't do it. <laughs> and why are they talking about another tour anyhow? You know, they weren't yep. even supposed to do the stadium tour. Yep. Yeah, here they are out on a, you know, final Never See Us Again tour talking about who their next touring guitarist is going to be. Yeah, yeah. And people are like, oh, okay. So <laughs> I know, people are tur- fucking eating it up. Yeah, so... I think people have gotten used to farewell tour means, okay, it's not gone for good. We just have to bitch until they come back. Yeah. But they're coming back. And the American public's stupid enough to do that. Yeah. And uh, and, and seven out of ten of those people that are going to be agitating for the McRig to come back are going to be paid by McDonald's to yes. do so. Yeah, that's going to be the groundswell. Yeah. That's going to be the online petitions mm-hmm. and, and the TikToks and all that stuff. Yeah. It, it's easy to see what's going to happen. Yeah. And McDonald's going to go, no, 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 we're not going to go that route again. We're done with the McRib. You know, who the yeah. fuck wants a bunch of fucking pig asses ground together with fucking glue anyhow? Yeah. You know, shaped into a, pressed into a shape of a rib. As yeah. I recall, the origin of the McRib is it came about during a chicken shortage. And there was going to be a shortage of chicken nuggets. So instead of running the risk of turning people away when they come and order chicken nuggets and you say, oh, we're out, they had to come up with a new item fast that would appeal to some of the chicken nugget buyers. Mm-hmm. And the McRib is what they came up with. And the reason it was only here for a limited time that first time was because as soon as the chicken shortage was over, they dumped that McRib off the menu and went back to chicken nuggets. Yeah, they did. Yep. Yeah. That's the origin of the McRib. It was but, only there to fill a role while the chicken shortage was Then somebody down there said, you know, that thing sold really good. Uh-huh. And it was super cheap to make. Yes. Because they just glue a good, together a bunch of scrap meat. A bunch of scrap pig yeah. asses and fucking pig nostrils and ears. Yeah, everything they sweep off the floor. Yeah, they fucking... And grind it together, throw yeah. a little glue in it. It's and the that's one that if you, if you let it sit out and thaw at room temperature, it turns into a liquid. Yes. It just runs right off your countertop. That's that's what you're clamoring to eat. Okay. Yeah. Don't uh-huh. complain about vaccines then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So, ugh. 
Yeah, there's gonna there's gonna be you know McRib uh, sit-ins and and, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. I can see it now. I can see it. It's just gonna start with online yeah. stuff. You're gonna see people posting Facebook stuff. I want my McRib back and and, and I guarantee everywhere it starts popping up in conversation on TV. Like it's going to come up during football commentary on a football game somewhere. Oh yeah, we well, better get that McRib before it's gone. <laughs> yeah, farewell tour. <laughs> yeah. Guaranteed, we, that's a paid we all know product McDonald's placement. Wouldn't lie to us. Yeah, that's a that's a paid product placement. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake about it. Every time a brand name is mentioned on TV, it's paid for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and they put it in like just a little ha ha. Uh-huh. But actually, no. It's that's been a, paid for. Uh-huh. And that's a commercial. That is a commercial that you just had to experience. And if that's okay with you, that's one thing. But if you're paying a streaming service specifically for there to be no commercials, there's still tons of commercials in there. And every movie you watch with that fucking Pepsi can dead center, uh-huh. <laughs> that was paid for too. All those news stories about that the new burger place coming and the expected crowds... Yeah. Those were paid advertisements. Those were not news yes. stories. The the news station didn't cover it because it was news. They were paid to. It was a commercial. And also, there are certain hypnotic <laughs> things that they use in the film, anyhow. Yeah. In films, um, is it called hemisync? Something like that, where it's it synchronizes it's, with the visual part of your brain. Yes. So where you don't consciously see it. But it registers in your brain. Yeah, so they yeah. can sell anything to you doing a commercial. Yeah, and you don't know it; it's in your subconscious, though. And you know how uh, an easy sh- an easy way to prove that that's a real thing is while people are asleep or sedated, you can open their eyelids and show them a picture, and their brain will register that they've seen something. And mm-hmm. you show them a different picture, and their brain will change. Mm-hmm. There, there. It's always working. It's always seeing. You don't always know about it consciously, but your eyes are seeing all this stuff, and your brain is receiving all that information. The part we think of consciously is just like the top ten percent, but you're still absorbing that other ninety percent. And when people figured out that that other ninety percent can really make you buy stuff, yeah, they dove into that sucker head first. Oh yeah, and they've been perfecting it every generation. Uh huh. And half the new technology for TV and audio and stuff is so they can deliver more messages to your brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you think ultra consumerism is so high right now? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. Inflation doesn't matter. People are still going to get their toys. You know, people will complain, but they're still going to go out on Black Friday or whatever the day is called yeah. in the season. And spend shit tons of money. Yeah. And well, I, now there's not really even an official Black Friday, actually. It's like, because it's Black like, Friday starts every time. Oh, yeah. Our, our week before Black Friday begins three weeks before. Yeah. 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 And they go, go online to access our promotionals mm-hmm. before. And yeah. It's like a constant sale yeah. from basically the end of uh, Labor Day. In my opinion, but... All those people out there buying all that stuff to give as gifts to each other, you're not celebrating Christmas. No. I don't know what you're, you're doing. You're celebrating a pagan holiday is what you're doing. You're not celebrating the, the birth of Jesus Christ. I don't even know any pagan holiday that says go out and buy a shit ton of stuff and give it to other people. Well, okay, yeah, that's true. Good so point. That has nothing to do with any kind of holiday or celebration or anything. 
Yeah, I, well, I thought the gift giving was a pagan thing. It may be, but it certainly isn't Christmas. But yeah, no, it's it's not what people claim it is. No, it, and there was the there tried there was a weak ass tie in saying, well, the three wise men came and they gave. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Okay, they didn't show up on the day of Christ's birth. No, he was like five or six or what something. And he was, they came to show their respects to yeah. the new king. Yeah, read read no. your Bible. He was an older yes. kid. Yeah, he was like grade school age when those oh, wise I love men that. showed I up. I love that comment right there. Uh-huh. I, I caught that one now, and not when I re-listened to it. Uh-huh. Read your Bible. Yep. See how much it says about giving gifts and <laughs> bow, putting bows around him, uh-huh. and your little snot loads and Brad is waiting for his new fire truck. No, no, and, that's in there. If you really want to go with the Bible saying the wise men are bringing gifts, okay, then give a gift to the church. Yeah. Serve your fellow man. And but then don't teach buy your kids. A, don't buy a new iPhone for your kid. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the birth of teach Jesus. Teach your children that that's not what it's about in life. Uh-huh. And maybe we'll have a little bit better outcome of everything being raised nowadays. Plus the fact that Christ wasn't born on December 25th. Oh, that was the other thing. It was sometime in September. Yeah. They moved the holiday three months for convenience. Mm -hmm. So again, read your Bible, people. You're celebrating the wrong thing on the wrong day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And another thing, these pictures of Jesus are probably highly inaccurate. Yeah, Jesus was not a white man. No, probably not. not. He was not a white man. There weren't any white people over there at that time. No, 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 no. If if Christ showed up today in a Johnson County neighborhood, they'd run him out after dark. We don't like your kind around here. <laughs> what are you doing driving around here? But I'm Jesus. No, you're not. <laughs> ah, hey, go get the Bible. Go get the Bible. Y'all, come get it. Come here. Look, look, look. That's not yeah. you. <laughs> I have I've heard people actually say that Jesus wrote the Bible. Cover to cover. <laughs> I've also heard them say Jesus was an American. <laughs> I remember hearing Ronald Reagan say that capitalism was a political interpretation of the Bible. Reagan said that. Reagan said that. Capitalism is just a political reading of the Bible. And Jesus started corporations. I guess. Yes. Jesus is CEO. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Reagan was, uh, he helped Um, to crush communism, but he was a sack of shit, just like all of them. yes. The thing is, is what he did for freedom and getting the wall tore down and all that, he made up in sheer evilness with big business. (laughs) Yeah. So, I, and he's one of these untouchables that really pisses me off. At the time, I remember them calling him the Teflon president. Yep. And I've even heard this, too. And I don't believe this for one iota because he was elected by big business. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, just the same, the same stuff. Um, you know, the the weapon makers and and uh, the pharmaceuticals and the insurance companies and all that. Yep. But here's the deal: I heard this by what I call a Reagan apologist or a, or a fanatic or whatever. Uh-huh. Is he was different after he got shot? That shot was a warning sign for him to quit being. You know, so American, and that he had to go back to start going the narrative of corporations taking over the world. I've heard that from several people. Hmm. I don't. 
Do you, do you think that? No. No, I think that it was already always there, and I don't think that it manifested after he was shot. No, I, I think that's just a convenient um, thing to point to and say, look how things changed right after this. Yeah, he 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 started selling out to big business after he got shot. Yeah. Big business after after they you know found out they didn't kill him. They said, well, next time we're going to make sure you're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. It, yeah, it's just a little and, too And then the same people know how Kennedy died, too. Yeah. <laughs> All the Kennedys. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Like the dead Kennedys. Yeah, except for that poor Teddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that poor guy. Oh, my God. I still I still have nightmares about him swimming around in Chappaquiddick. Yeah. Getting getting out of there, and that poor secretary had to leave there to drown. Oh, yeah, that, poor that guy. cold water is wiener probably shriveled oh, all up. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> He's like, hey, I, hey, I'm sorry, but you know, I know, I know you're pregnant with my kid allegedly, but mm-hmm. um, I'm just gonna have to leave you in the drink because I'm tired. <laughs> I need my Kennedy beauty rest. Uh, okay, all right. I, li- anyway. I like the dead Kennedys, the band. Yeah, but, yeah me uh, too. Other than that, the other Kennedys were a big sack of shit. Every fucking one of them. And then the then the little goofy little brother thought he was going to go after the mob. Yeah. Oh, yeah? You're going to make me attorney general, brother? <laughs> watch this. I'm going I'm to put down the Giacconis. Watch this. <laughs> no, you're not. You're going to end up with your brother. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Dead. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Sirhan, yeah, Sirhan, yeah. Sirhan. I, I got to admit that the more people... Put the Kennedys on a pedestal and called them a oh I a get dynasty, after everyone that it ever does that Camelot the more people do that the more I hate on the Kennedys me too it just me it's too. like it's fuel just to the fire uh-huh. it's just in me because I know what an evil piece of shit clan they've been yeah yeah and the, and they said that it was cursed because Joe Kennedy made his money bootlegging mm. and all that you uh, know it it, it really kind of. If you strip away all the mythology and the, uh, it, it, they're really just another American family that got rich quick, mm-hmm. bought a lot of influence, and then made a big power grab. With the Kennedy family, there was this big spin that everyone bought into. It was kind of the right time in history. Uh, you had the evil atheist empire over in the yeah. Soviet Union, and then you had this, you know, this loving this Catholic family, Catholic over family here. with all these cute little kids yeah. and their big happy they, family they that played kind of football funny. on the yeah. lawn. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of it was kind of the right family at the right time. Yeah, and they put it was a good, apple pie. Yeah, they put a good Cold War spin on it, and and it. It wasn't really much more than that. It wasn't some big destiny or God reaching down and anointing. No, it was it was like the Beatles coming along and it was just the right time for them or you know some famous book that comes along like you know, Harry Potter and it was just the right time for that to explode. It, if it I hadn't have been the Kennedys, it would have been somebody else yeah. because the situation was ripe. For someone to step in and fill that role, and it could have, we could be talking about the Hendersons or the yeah. or the Platvilles or whatever, but yeah. it just happened to be the Kennedys. Yeah, it would have been somebody. Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, are you familiar with the Von Erickson wrestling? No, I'm not actually. Okay, well, they were kind of like the Kennedy cam- family, mm. only in wrestling. The Von Erichs were down in Texas, uh-huh. and uh, their dad was uh, Fritz Von Erich. Mm-hmm. And uh, his children 
and his nephew all wrestled and were all very successful at it. Yeah. Every one of them ended up dying. Ooh. And the only one left was Fritz and then one other guy, like maybe David or something, like his uh, his nephew or something. Mm-hmm. But none of them were assassinated. I think they all took their own lives. But uh, I was reading something. I'll have to look at it again. And it said that it was like they were like the parallel to the Kennedy family in wrestling. Yeah. And it had all these different like uh, um, um, similarities mm-hmm. between both families. And and how they got into power and how they kept it and how they it was passed down and yeah. and how they groomed their kids and then how all their kids turned out tragic. I'm gonna have to reread that and yeah. I'm gonna come back with what exactly I was saying. But I just remembered reading that. I mean, I read this a couple of years ago and I was like, wow, it made a lot of sense. At first, it didn't. I was yeah. like, that's kind of stupid. They're stretching. <laughs> but then when I read it, I was like, you know what? Maybe they're not stretching. Maybe they're correct. You know that what that tells me is that it's not such a big coincidence that exactly. these families it's it's that this happens a lot. Exactly. There yeah. are a lot of families out there like these. People sell their soul mm-hmm. to get what they want. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not talking about going and praying to the devil and going if if you give me what I want, you can have me and my kids soul. Mm-hmm. No. We're talking about doing everything you can to cheat and lie and steal and do whatever to get into power. Yeah, you sell yourself yep. and your morals to get into power. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But I'm going to reread that. I'm going to look it up, and I'm sure I can find it again. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people read it. It was quite a read. It was very interesting. I was actually reading it on an airplane. Uh, and you know how you like yeah. uh, that? I discovered uh, that I had free Wi-Fi. I was, it, it was a work trip, and I discovered I had free Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shit. Okay, so I started like going through everything, and yeah. I like yeah, and I found this article, and by the time I was done reading it, hell, I was almost to where we was go- going a couple hours later. Yeah, that's so nice where you can pass the time like that. Oh, it that. was great. Yeah, and the only reason I read the whole thing all the way through is because I had time and nothing to do. Yeah, but it it really made a lot of sense, and I was thinking about it even after I read it. I'm like, wow, that's very good. But anyhow, I'm not going to look it up right now. Um, you had something. That you wanted to go into, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I wanted to do a follow-up. Um, we had talked bef- a couple times before about how uh, there's technology now to overlay a commercial um, directly to your screen. Um, if you sometimes notice, you'll be watching a TV program, mm-hmm. uh, and the commercial comes on, you'll see a commercial, and at the very end of it, you'll see, like, like a half second of a different commercial ending right right behind it. Um, that's usually when they've overlaid a different ad on top of the standard ad, and the overlaid one is um, more targeted to who they think is watching your screen. This was Dish Network, right? I believe yeah. you were talking about. Yeah, and it's now it's it's able to be done on on a lot of different. No, I saw it. Services. I saw it done on Hulu. And now yeah. I have direct stream, and it's done on there too. Yeah. But you got to watch really closely because it, it's only a multi-second where something else is getting ready to come on, and then that comes on instead. Yeah. Uh huh. So. Um, and then you know I have read an article um, following up on this that uh, this technology is here and it is in wide use mm-hmm. that on a uh, a house by house basis they can tailor ads to wow. who they think is watching 
that screen at that time. So if you're at home watching Thursday Night Football and I'm at home watching Thursday Night Football, commercial break comes on, we're going to be seeing different ads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just like on TuneIn, uh -huh. two deuce bags and a microphone. Uh -huh. They were doing masturbation lotion. <laughs> and I saw that that was targeted at the two deuce bags and a microphone um, um, listeners. Yep. So, anyhow, um, okay, go ahead. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, like, um, let's see, like, yours might be guitars, mm -hmm. and I don't, I, and it's hell, whatever mine you, would probably be guitars, too. Well, so, you know, it's whatever know. you talk about in the house. Yeah. It's it's whatever programs are usually watched in the house. Um, I think this technology started to be developed back when, remember when things were going to a single remote? Mm -hmm. Get the one remote that learns everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, Everybody still asks 30. Yeah. Um, in, in my situation, I can use the dish remote to turn up and down the volume mm -hmm. of my stereo system, turn the TV on and off, um, and then also tune in the different dish channels, whatever. There's also a microphone on the dish remote. I can push the button and do voice search for things. Oh, that's cool. But I know that microphone is listening all the rest of the time, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so... Just like your phone is. And Yeah. But I think that that, uh, that makes it a lot easier to track yeah. our choices when they have a single remote that can do a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most most people listen to us through their phone, right? Yeah. So let me do everybody a favor. Gay midget porn. Gay midget porn. Gay midget porn. Gay midget porn. Have fun, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy, people. You're going to be getting that now. Um, Your phone heard that. I started Plus thinking masturbation about masturbation uh, and two douche bags and a microphone. <laughs> I started thinking about what um, what kind of information your remote control can provide. Mm -hmm. um, they basically need your remote control and a clock. Yes. And they can tell uh, when and how often you pick up your remote. Oh, wow. Um, are you changing the channels at the same time every day to watch certain channels? Or at the same time every week? Yeah. Or... Do you change channels right when the commercial break starts at the top of the hour to go to try to find something else? Well, there's certain programs I hate mm -hmm. that I will turn right before it starts so they don't get one second of my viewership. Mm -hmm. So I could see that. I could see them getting yep. an algorithm off of that really easily. Because all they have to do is, it's like the flight data recorder. They, they look at what your remote was doing and they uh -huh. know exactly when that was happening. Yeah. And then they compare it to log of exactly what was happening on the TV at that time. Uh, you see that guy? He had hot chocolate. He almost ran into us. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go grab some hot chocolate. You want some? Yeah, yeah. That sounds great. Um, what, uh, what I find is kind of the next logical step. Um, these targeted ads now, they can follow you across all of your viewing platforms. In fact, they can follow you channel to channel. If you're watching the Food Network and the targeted ads are coming to you on that channel. Mm -hmm. If the top of the hour comes and you decide to change over to a football game, okay, 
the people at your your content provider know what channel you're watching, obviously, the targeted ads go to that channel now. Oh wow! So no matter what channel you're watching, you know you put that down to pick up your phone. Start it's looking like at Facebook. File. It's like a file that follows you. Yeah, yeah. You pick up your phone, start looking at Facebook. Now the targeted ads are showing up there. Wow. It's wherever your eyes look, whatever screen your eyes go to, that's where their ads that are targeted to you are going to show up. And they follow you around, and they know where you are, they know where you're active. Isn't that fucked? Wow. Now, then, first, my devious mind starts thinking, how are they going to ter- determine TV show ratings now? Hmm. Now, here's, well, here's the old... Oh, go ahead. Okay. For one thing, it's changing completely. Yeah. I mean, it is already completely changed, and it's changing even more. It's not the ratings that we knew. It's personalized ratings, like you said. Yeah. So here, it, here's the world that we grew up in. You know, yeah. You'd turn on your TV, you'd watch a TV Ed show. Ed Sullivan show, The Beatles. Yeah. Okay. And this and, is a little bit before me and Christopher's time, but, mm-hmm. okay, let's say then. Uh, Maxwell House presents. Yeah. Ed Sullivan with special guest The Beatles. Go home tonight and enjoy a nice Maxwell house over a hot fire. Now they used to record they used to gather the data manually. People would call you up and ask you what shows you watched and mm-hmm. if you remembered the ads. I remember a person coming to my house once to interview me. They called me on the on the te- on the phone and said, "We want you to watch this episode of McLeod tomorrow." It's, you know, here's the channel, here's the time, and then, you know, someone wants to, to ask you questions about it, and we'll pay you $25. And so I did, and the guy came over with his clipboard, and he's asking me about all the ads. And I frustrated him because I said I didn't pay attention to the ads. When the ads came on, I left the room to go use the bathroom, get a drink of water, do something, and mm-hmm. I wait until I hear the show on, and then I come back in. So... Yeah. But he was trying to gather information on what, what I was doing, what I was watching, and whether the ads were yeah. working. Then there there were devices they would put on your TV. They would like like one in ten homes, and they'd, they'd stick this box in your TV, and it would record whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they'd go back to the networks, and it would take weeks, sometimes months. I think the ratings came out like twice a year. Mm-hmm. And then it was the big reveal. Oh, here are the ratings for these shows. Yeah, I remember. And so then they would determine whether the shows would continue. The ads, you know, wanted to, had to be more expensive for them. Well, you know, who radio would ratings them. are kind of like that too yeah. now. You know, every month they come out with the trends. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's like every three months they come out with actually the quarterly report. Yeah. Then the quarterly report is the end-all, be-all. The trends can suggest... The certain shows are doing well, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure how they figure out the final tally because I've seen this happen before where shows have been trending up, trending up, trending up, and then when the actual um, the uh, quarterly uh, ratings period comes out, they didn't perform that well. So I'm not sure exactly how that works, but um, this is kind of like a revolving deal to me. Like, um, you can, like, listen to TuneIn, right? And they know where you're at. <coughs> yeah. And you'll literally get, like, Jerry's car wash down the street. Yeah, local ads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because they know where you're at, they know your IP, all that. You see? And I think it's the same <coughs> way with me. TV now, too. <coughs> it, yeah, it, it used to be 
they would have to the advertisers, the companies making the products, whoever was doing the marketing research, they would have to go look for their target audience. Say they're selling uh, pimple cream. So they mm-hmm. want to advertise to teenagers and early 20s. Uh-huh. And the parents of those kids as yeah. well. That's their target audience. They would have to go look at the ratings books and see where are those people watching TV. I mean, what shows are they watching at what times? And then they would have to go buy advertising during those shows mm-hmm. to try to reach them. Um, but they were dealing with information that was weeks or maybe months old. Mm-hmm. Now... Everything is very much on demand. They know exactly where that person that they're trying to reach with their advertising. They know exactly where that person's looking. So a TV show, instead of appealing to your target audience, so they tune in and and watch your zit cream commercial, Mm -hmm. all your TV show has to do anymore is get an audience. Yeah. Yeah. And the targeted ad will follow wherever. And if mm-hmm. your TV show is on and members of that targeted group are watching, their ad will pop up during your so, show and you'll get paid for it. So the Zik Cream mm-hmm. will tally up how many households watch this and mm-hmm. pay them what they agreed to pay them per household. Yeah. Okay. And... You know, say 21% of them came during, you know, this Food Network show about cupcakes. And then another 5% came during this show on the Weather Channel about a hurricane. Yeah. So now they've got to split up their ad revenue to all those places. Instead of of ABC signing, you know, Ford or Xerox or, or something... To be their big sponsor for their Thursday night lineup. No, and that's what I alluded now, to with the Maxwell House. Yeah. It used the, to be one sponsor. Yeah, the companies are because not tied to any one show, network, channel, Everybody in America anymore. was watching Ed Sullivan. Yeah. So they didn't have to worry about it. Everybody was watching Ed Sullivan and everybody wanted to see the Beatles. So, Maxwell House, let's just say it's Maxwell House. It could be anybody. Very uh, cleverly said, you know what, we're going to sponsor it. Everyone's going to buy our coffee because we are with the Beatles and Ed Sullivan. We're the hip coffee. Yeah. All of a sudden, Folgers takes a big hit because they didn't do it. You know. So um, yeah, it's completely different, almost like the opposite now. Mm-hmm. And you know, there still are shows that are going to appeal to a certain target group. Yeah. Um, but the fact is, now a show can survive as long as it has sufficient number of people watching because targeted ads will find them while they're watching your show Mm -hmm. and then you'll get the credit for them if that's even the way they determine ratings anymore but if if the targeted ad finds them during your show then you get a little piece of that money yeah well i mean that's how podcasts are working too yeah you don't have to go out and look for well my target audience is this or this or this group or no just just go out and be something that people tune into and the targeted ads will find your listeners or your viewers well i mean podcasting's become so big because of that Uh to where you can join services that actually find you sponsors yeah you know you may not make very much Mm -hmm. but they'll get you a sponsor 
and it, it it's for me it's a really interesting way that the whole advertising during media has changed everything is just so in my segmented lifetime. now because we have so many different ways of uh getting our content mm-hmm. i mean like i said it used to be like four three channels not even four abc nbc and cbs and yeah. that was it those three and they didn't step on each other's dicks either. No. It'd be like, Little House on the Prairie? Okay, well, we're not going to put anything much on there. They were like the mafia bosses getting together and yeah, dividing, and, up, and dividing the, up the territory. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was exactly what they did. Yeah, which was right. completely illegal. Uh, well, that was collusion that and everything yeah. else. But, yeah. But, Just like yeah, it's yeah. illegal for every video game across all platforms to cost exactly the same amount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, how did that that's, happen? That's With all the research shit. and development that go into there, uh-huh. I just find it amazing that they all cost the same. Yeah, isn't that? <laughs> and they buy everyone's silence by saying, well, the real price would be higher, so be glad. No, they're not selling them at a no, loss. No, they're not selling them at a loss. They sell no, the no. consoles at a loss, so you'll buy the video games. Exactly. The video games, they make a profit on. Yes. And that yeah, they know their bread and butter. That's why they almost give away consoles because yep. they know you're gonna. That's like their crack pipe. Yep, they're giving you the crack pipe. Yep, and then all, they're gonna sell you the crack. Yeah, and it's amazing how it used to be all video games were forty nine ninety nine. Then mm-hmm. they all of a sudden they all went up to fifty nine ninety nine at weird? the exact same time. Yeah, gosh, <laughs> what a coincidence! What market control? Yeah. Well, anyway, so I thought it was I thought it was fascinating. I'm, I I don't know how how TV stations, radio stations, etc., are going to do this when your audience is constantly bouncing around. You don't need to to attract the target well, audience. Well, a lot of, a lot of it is is just like the um, not the pay per play, but kind of the pay per play, but opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, where we're watching the content. And they, it's up to them to figure out how many of us are like you're an I age. Mm-hmm. How many of us are there? Let's say, like uh, one show attracts uh, females twenty five to fifty four white. Mm-hmm. Well, whoever's selling to that is going to sell to you know, whatever they buy. I don't know. You know, Starbucks maybe. That also brings up an interesting point. If you share the TV with somebody, or somebody's in mm-hmm. your house. Their viewing choices also affect what ads you see, because mm-hmm. they don't yet know exactly who's watching, but they 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 determine who is living in your house. It's like, well, somebody in that house watches these shows. Somebody in that house watches all these shows. I would shows. bet that they have a pretty good idea by the yeah. skewing of the shows, though. Yeah, so they can yeah. kind of guess. There's probably a guy of you know of this age watching these shows. And a female of, of this age, age watching yeah. this show. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, oh, the granddaughter must be over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark and Val watch Coco Melon ten times in a row now. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah. They can tell. the oh, young person in the house. Yep. It's funny. Um I'm just funny. I think it's funny to think that the TV shows my wife watches, I get her, I get the ads that are targeted to her, and she gets some of the ads that are targeted to me because of our, our TV watching overlaps. So when I'm seeing, you know, all the Medicare Advantage commercials, you know, eh, that's probably aimed at me because I'm retired. But then I see the ads for like laundry detergent and baby wipes and makeup, and it's like. Probably not for me. It's probably for somebody else they think lives here. Well, I think that, like, I see a lot of kids' toys, and they figured it out. They're like, okay, uh-huh. well, we know these two are this age, so they're not having children in the house. Yeah. 
those are grandchildren that is watching the Coco Melon. Uh-huh. And this is interesting. The other day at work, I was talking to a lady. And I was telling her, and we were just talking about things in general. I said, yeah, I mm-hmm. said, I'm so sick of Coco Melon. Because I think on one of the TVs, something was playing. And I was like, oh, you know, we're all like going, oh, God, that commercial sucks or something, right? Yeah. So, and then I go, me, I'm sick of Coco Melon. And, you know, the granddaughter comes over, you know, and you got to play it. You can't yeah. be an asshole and go, oh, you can't watch it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's playing like 10 times in a row. Okay. You, you endure it. Okay. That's the way it is. Yep. And then she goes, you know what? She goes, I hear that from my 10-year-old. Because the four-year-old watches it over and over and over. And he says, I'm so tired of that damn show. And he goes to school and he bitches about it, too. The teacher said something about it. They're like, wow, me and a 10-year-old have something in common like that. I thought it was pretty interesting. Really? Yeah. So, anyhow. um, So, you know, uh, while we're on this. Sure. You know, game shows get a little stale, right? Oh, man. Yeah, some of the ones they come up with to try to do something new are just so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you have the Staples, the Wheel of Fortune, Price is Right. Let's make a deal, uh, the Family Feud. Let's make a deal is even kind of a, sta- a staple, even though it's on a hiatus for a long time. Yeah. And it came back, and, you know, the new version of it's really good, uh, you know. So I was just like thinking there needs to be a segment where we spice up game shows, right? Yeah, there's... There's some territories they haven't explored yet. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and go with The Price is Right since we just watched it at the Midland and we watch it every day, you know, unless the granddaughter's over. <laughs> but yeah. other than that, we're watching the, Wheel of, or not, the Price is Right. And if we're not watching it at that time, we're watching 10 episodes of Coco Melon in a row. Mm. We'll watch uh, The Price is Right later on. Yeah. And have a DVR. So. so, first off, I say spinning the wheel should be in a mud pit. <laughs> I knee like deep, that. Knee deep, thick, <laughs> loose mud. The wheel doesn't make it around once, then the audience gets to light the person on fire with kerosene. Ooh. Yeah, so they better put some fucking, they better put some stank on that fucking wheel. Yeah. And they're in a mud pit, and it's really loose mud. And, you know, and I'm debating on whether they have to have those waiter boots on to make it even worse or not. Yeah, what you, what you want is for them to... Try to sling that wheel and go down in the mud. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But if they go around once, they don't get lit on fire with kerosene. Yeah. So they're gonna yeah. be they're gonna be hauling ass on that wheel. So it's yeah. gonna guarantee they're gonna slip yeah. and fall. Yeah. We'll, we'll put them out. Okay. We'll, you know, yeah. We'll make sure they won't die or nothing. But yeah. Yeah. Just we'll get a good light on good torch. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try to keep it away from the third degree. But we <laughs> yeah. can't guarantee it. So. Okay. If someone bids a dollar over and they win. The person who they just screwed out of a prize gets to pick the punishment that the dollar-touting dickwad gets. <laughs> yeah. So, let's say he's like, someone goes $1,000, someone goes 1001 and the prize is 1025 mm-hmm. The guy that bid 1000 gets to do whatever he wants to with him. Yeah. You know, there's, a, there's several different punishments that I thought of that could be like the staples. Like, they could have it right there next to where they're all standing there bidding. Yeah. A hot curling iron to the ass crack. <laughs> a large rock to the skull. Yeah. Toe amputation. Oh, yeah. With with those like big garden shears. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Or a two-fingered nostril rip. Oh. Yeah, I kind of like that when you just t- take the fingers in there and go, Ugh! 
Yeah. Yeah. Man, I saw the Three Stooges. Someone will think twice about bidding a dollar over. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, the Three Stooges were great at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, Larry about got his fucking nose ripped off how many times by Mo? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Good times. Uh. (laughs) You could feel that when he did that. Oh, yeah. You think he's smart. I knew a guy who had a pet ferret. And he said the ferret would come up and do a nostril rip with its bottom teeth on Ooh. the guy. Yeah. Oh. Just just out of the blue, this ferret would just run up and go with his bottom two teeth in the right in the guy's nose. <laughs> <laughs> I think that ferret would soon be lizard food. Oh my god. <laughs> you gotta really love that ferret to put up with that stuff. Like my buddy's friend, my buddy's, my buddy, a friend of mine, my buddy's friend, he wasn't a friend of mine, yeah. this goat would try to fuck you. Oh. oh my God, we'd all be getting fucked up. Uh. And, and um, he would like go out there, and we'd all be fucked up, and he'd put on a uh, football helmet, uh-huh. and he'd go out there and he'd headbutt it. Uh-huh. And the goat loved it, the goat would just be like, <laughs> and he'd be out there just, they're knocking the piss out of each other, just having a blast. Oh. And then he'd go, hey, come on out and pet my goat. And the goat would try to fucking mount you. Ah. Oh, my God, and you're a smash. You're like, get this fucking goat off of me. He's trying to fuck me. Yikes. Oh, he's harmless. He's harmless. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> you think that's harmless, huh? <laughs> we had cell phones back then. I would have called 911. Yeah. My being sexually assaulted yeah. by a goat. <laughs> Click. Well, maybe the goat identified as a human female. Oh, you know what? Well, that would make... Yeah, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> well, all right, then. I guess it wouldn't be... Yeah. It would still be sodomy, but not then, right? Mm. Yeah, because it's a female, so... But it would not be a, um, um, you know, a like a, a foreign object. Hmm. hmm. There'd be all sorts of complex laws, but yeah. somehow... Yeah. Hi there, this is Fucknut from Two Fucknuts and a Recorder Podcast. Two Douchebags and a Microphone are our favorite podcast ever. Please, go to your friend's computer and download it from there. Go to your church's computer and download it from there. Go to people you don't know and grab their phones and download it on there. These fuckers need all the help we can get. This... Ain't boring ass radio, kid. It's the next generation podcast. We'd have to make sure no one's feelings got hurt. You know, that would be the main thing because yeah. that's the worst thing that can ever happen. Yeah. So. Little, little tiny fists will get waved. Yes, they will. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, atomic wedges to all overbids. Oh, yeah. 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 So, you overbid. Their guy comes up and just fucking rips your underwear to nothing. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Pull it up and over your head. <laughs> Any audience member who shouts out a wrong price has to stand on his head for the remainder of the show. Oh! So this is the start of the show, and they go five grand, and it was wrong. He has to stand on his head the rest of the show. Yeah. Right in place, wherever he's at. <laughs> the wheel can randomly be electrified with enough current to make you shit yourself. <laughs> So yeah, I was like, go ahead, spin the wheel. <laughs> Shits himself. <laughs> um, I think different products need to be displayed. Like Massingale disposable douchebags. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like a, uh, that was a salute to us, okay? Yes. Yeah. The two lovable douchebags. <laughs> Mark and Christopher. I'm Mark. I'm Christopher. The two douchebags. Dozen night crawlers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a great thing. A huge bag of sawdust. Yeah. Yeah. Half like, out. Uh, uh, a large trash bag full of, of uh, knockoff counterfeit Viagra. Oh, that'd be a good one. Yeah. That'd be a good one, yeah. You'd really have to, you know, kind of think to know how much that's worth. Yeah, you would, yeah. You know, because it's not, you know, counterfeit knockoff, and it's like a trash bag. How many is it? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Did yeah. go? Um, half ounces of purple herbal. Uh, a human child. Yes! <laughs> And besides door number three, we have Billy. <laughs> Billy is an Anglo. <laughs> he has all his fingers. He has all his toes. He's blue-eyed. He has a square jaw. How much for Billy? I would not be surprised to see that at some point on, on American television. <laughs> no, me neither. 50-pound uh, bags of toothpicks. <laughs> yeah. Let someone guess that one. Dollar seventy nine, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be like, mm. <laughs> three cents. <laughs> it costs more to mail it home. Yeah. Can I just leave it here at the studio? <laughs> now, I also think there needs to be new prizes. Mm-hmm. New trips to Garden City, Kansas, with oh. seven night stays at Motel Six via Amtrak. Oh yeah. So wherever you're at in America, you get Amtrak to Garden City, Kansas, for seven nights at the Motel Six. We can throw in a day trip to Dodge City and Liberal. Ooh, nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God, Christopher, you are on it. You know how to put a prize together. Dodge City, Kansas. I've actually been through there. and You can actually like look at farm implements if you want, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just walk down a, a road with potholes. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, if you're there during the right time of season, you can see a gigantic tornado about ready to wipe yeah, you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I figure the town of Liberal, Kansas... is probably not so liberal. It, it's probably named that the way you name, like, you know, a three-legged Tiny, dog. Tiny, but yeah. No, a three-legged dog with a missing eye and a chewed-off ear, you name him Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> or like you said, a great big huge guy, you named him named Tiny. Tiny, yes. Yeah, that's probably how, why they named this town Liberal. Yeah. It was that kind of joke. Yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> oh, this town sure is liberal. Yeah. <laughs> I've always found that ironic, too. Yeah. Probably the reddest county in all of Kansas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you could call, you could go in there and tell everyone in town, you liberal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd I, have to take it. <laughs> I, 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 I talk to other people. Oh. Uh, I got okay. one of those big Bubba kegs of, of uh, root beer. That's pretty awesome. Oh, that is good. Yeah. Yep. Um, what kind of root beer is it? I think it's Barks. Barks. I love Barks. I like Barks. Barks yeah. is the best. That's what they had at uh, um, Pigwitch. Well, you we went there. Yeah. 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 Oh, wasn't that good? That was good. It was a good mix, too. Good yeah. sandwich. Good good uh, root beer. Mm. Good root beer is a work of art. I still got to get that... Um, what is it, Schwechter or something like that from Wisconsin? Is that oh. real Wisconsin honey? Yeah. Spectre? It's 
Spectre sounds right. Yeah, I think it's Spectre. Yeah. People rave about it. I haven't got it yet. So, anyhow, I will. If a person loses, they can elect to have a five-minute scream-off with Drew Carey to win their prize back. Oh, be something like out of Full Metal Jacket when the drill yeah. sergeant's yelling at him? Yeah, and he just yells back. <laughs> and it's yeah. up to Drew Carey on how far he wants to take it. I mean, if he doesn't like you, he can scream as loud as he wants <laughs> and win the scream-off. You know, yeah. if he likes you, he could kind of like not scream as bad. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> but either way, you know, a five-minute scream-off is pretty cool. That's yeah. very good television. Yeah, that is. I, I mean, very compelling. Jim Rome gets the smack-off. We could have the... The scream-off. The scream-off on yeah. The Price is Right. And yeah. then at the end of the season, they could have like the top five screamers. Yeah. And they could do a scream-off. Scream tournament. Yeah, yeah. And, the win- and the winner wins like a seven-night trip to... Uh, how about Hutchison? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. we'll go big booming metropolis. I, I think there's a big detention center there, like Ooh, a juvenile yeah. facility. Or they could like go there and like prison. say hi to kids or something that yeah. are there or something. Or or if it's a state prison, they could like go out there and like, you know, make fun of the inmates or something. The uh the lead singer of Candlebox. Remember Candlebox? Yeah, I remember them. Well, I saw them out at Sandstone, and no, I'm not going to call it by whatever name until they send me a check. I'm not going to use their name. Sandstone. We it's all Sandstone know Sandstone until is, yes. they send me a check for Everybody the calls it yeah. Sandstone. I even heard it on the radio being called Sandstone. Yes. It's, it'll always be Sandstone to me. And, um, me too. So the, the lead singer between songs um, said that he had spent some time in Hutchinson in uh, in detention. Oh. So there's some detention facility there. Okay. And uh, the lead singer uh, apparently got in some trouble in They were youth. a Seattle band, so I wonder what it took to get him shipped to Hutchinson. Don't know. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I assume they grew up in Seattle. They may have just went there for the scene. They could have all been from everywhere. Who knows? Yeah. Stone Temple Pilots moved up from San Diego yeah. to get into the Seattle scene. Well, Chris Cornell, his second to last concert ever was in Kansas City mm-hmm. at Starlight. Yeah. And he said that he used to come to Kansas City all the time growing up that his uh, grandparents lived here. Oh, wow. And I don't think it sounded like they drove, so I'm not sure where he grew up, but I don't think it was Seattle. No. So. No, I think... I think a I think lot he was of a, like a really early there. teenager, like 12, 13, when they moved to Seattle, I think. Okay. So, yeah. I'll have to look so, that I up think again, a lot of these people, he probably lives somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah. You know, something. Anyhow. Um, all people in line get their oil checked. Oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, they're waiting in line. Whether they get in or not, they get their oil checked by members of the Hells Angels. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you come up and go, you! And they fucking hold you up and pull your pants off. Check your oil. You're a quart low, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, a guy in a Freddie Mercury jumpsuit is ziplining across the auditorium throwing pig intestines at people. <laughs> <laughs> that, to me, would make The Price is Right a hell of a lot more entertaining. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I was thinking, like, uh, a show like Jeopardy is mm-hmm. usually kind of, you know... Kind of boring and kind of stiff. There's oh, not a lot of action. Jeopardy needs to be our next one that we analyze yeah. and make more. So you know how the contestants, they have the handheld buzzer? Uh-huh. There needs to be a sharp pin right under that button. 
So in order to actually buzz in, they've got to press dial in hard enough to puncture their thumb. Oh, yeah. So like if they want to even try to answer, they got to hurt themselves. And they got to switch hands each question. Okay. All so right. Got to got to screw up both your thumbs. Um, I think instead of going "What is?" they need to say "Mother, may I?" Yeah. Yeah. And then, like for the daily double, mm-hmm. if you win it, fine. If you get it wrong, then you lose a hand. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Alternately, you can elect to have both feet cut off. You know, one hand or both feet. I so, think um, boiling, get that daily double boiling right. hot oil to the face. Yeah. So, man, when that daily double shows up, you're like, oh, shit. I oh, man, double. I better get this right. Anything with the daily double. <laughs> <laughs> that would help it out a lot. Yep. And then during Final Jeopardy, you know how uh, they ask the question, and then they give them the little time to write their answer, and the music plays. Okay, during that time they have to answer the question, they're being stuck with cattle prods and Pantera and Anthrax and Metallica are simultaneously being blasted at full oh volume. Oh my god. So uh, try to concentrate during that and write your final I think answer. Uh, I think Anthrax need to be blasted backwards and the other two forwards. Yeah, I could go with that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> because I, I'm a firm believer that Anthrax backwards sounds exactly the same forwards. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just their style. I've heard that if you play Van Halen backwards, it's Rat's biggest hit. Yes, it is. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. It's round and round. Yep. That's unchained backwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly unchained backwards. It, and I used to, like, laugh at that, but no, there's quite a bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, the nephew I used to have uh, played it for me. You know, just, he just picked up his guitar and said, okay, here's unchained, and he played it. They said, here's round and round. And the only he's played is... it, he showed it really slowly. He said, this is exactly the same thing, only backwards. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And the thing is, I think anyone that's ever been a musician or knows musicians knows that. Yep. It's pretty interesting. And another thing is, is Warren D. Martini was a very good guitarist, mm-hmm. but Eddie Van Halen, it just shows you his knack to play so well mm-hmm. because it's virtually pretty much the same chords, right? But listen to how much better Unchained sounds than Round and Round. Yeah, it's more interesting. Very much more interesting. Much more personality. Yeah. You know? It's more. It's upbeat, whereas round and round seems more dark and foreboding. Yes. Where, uh, you know, um, let's see. Unchained is almost like um, a statement. Yeah. Where round and round is just kind of like a, mm, yeah, round and round. And, you know, I, I know what you mean. It's kind of almost yeah. dark and almost, yeah. Um, and, and as most any musician will tell you, doing something like that, turning it around and making a new hook out of it and building a new song out of it, that's no big deal. No. It really not, isn't. It's, no. It's not, it's they, not cheating. It's not stealing. It's, 
it's just what musicians do. They say we a hear, lot of we it hear is stuff not and even, we recombine it. They don't even know they do it. Yeah. George Harrison, when he wrote My Sweet Lord, uh-huh. had no idea that he was ripping off the song He's So Fine. Oh, by yeah. That, uh, by That's that right. chick group. And actually, I, I love his song, My Sweet Lord. Uh-huh. I, the guitar, the, the sound that he gets on that, the tone and the... The lick that he plays is just so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really... And another thing is, is I know he's into some odd Eastern religion, right? Wasn't it Harvey Krishna or something? He, he actually got into a number of them and didn't yeah. really seem to find one that fit. I think, that, I think My Sweet Lord was dedicated to Harvey Krishna, wasn't it? Because at that song it goes... He mentions Harvey Krishna. Krishna. He kind of mentions a number of religions in it. Yeah, he does. I think he's trying to make the overall statement of no matter how we get there we're all talking to the same god yes and he he did it with so much conviction Mm -hmm. his guitar and his voice on that was just so good it shows you how good a musician that guy actually was yeah you know so and i mean all of them were great musicians well except for ringo (laughs) (laughs) all of them were great musicians and you put all of them together writing ditties and then all of a sudden, writing ditties that are complex. And yeah. all of a sudden, writing intricate ditties. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... There'll never be another Beatles. There'll never be another um, band like that that it could ever write like that or ever duplicate that. That's a once-in-forever deal. Yeah, yeah. And, and in a large part like because... Yeah, it's something that hadn't been done, and now they've done it. And anything else would, you know, to somebody to do that again, try to be another Beatles, it's like, no, it's happened already. I don't think it can be replicated. No, ever. it really can't. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's already happened, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard about San Francisco and their shit problem? You probably have heard a little bit about it. Well, talking about their football teams or actual human <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, yeah, you can you can go into their football team, or you can go in their baseball team, yeah. and their hockey. team. I was team throwing Oakland in there with San Francisco, uh, since well, yeah. just across the bay. Yeah, oh yeah, you can throw them in there. Well, San Francisco has deployed a poop patrol to clean up the growing amounts of feces on its sidewalk, thanks to the homeless epidemic. Oh, nasty! Number two has rapidly become in San Francisco's number one problem. Do you that, like that? I like that yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about my writing skills, huh? Get a little better there. <laughs> the, Metro, the Metroplex has a huge stinky problem on its street because of the large amount of homeless people are dumping all over the streets and sidewalks or even yards. According to um, Forbes, a nonprofit watchdog, the, street, the organization says the feces problem has exploded by 95%. I'm sorry to sound like Joe Biden. I'm sorry. (laughs) In the last 10 years, by 95% in the last 10 years. This is based on the data from the city's uh, 311 help. Two douchebags and microphone.net. You're one stop for everything. You want to write us? You want to say something to us? You want to look for a live button? When we go live, you can call in. All of this stuff is right there for your ear holes and eye holes. You got it, chumps. It's all yours. Two douchebags and microphone.net is up and running. Hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Thank you.
they go? We're the douchebags. <laughs> oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. <sighs> Man, that smells. 